All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. What is good? Happy Tuesday. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill back together ahead of the Leafs and the Lightning from Scotiabank Arena. Two more games for the Maple Leafs until the three-day, I guess, four-day holiday hiatus for them. How's it going, Rosie? It's good, buddy. Just sitting in the deep freeze that is Alberta right now. Not happy about it, but uh, good to be down here with you again, buddy. Yeah, it's some pretty surreal shit talking to producer Aaron Bordado behind the scenes. Um, just talking about the temperature out in Alberta to what it is here in uh, in Ontario. And I bitch and complain about like minus five, minus 10. So I could only wonder what that feels like, bud. Well, you got that moist climate. So minus 10 is pretty goddamn cold where we're dry out here. So not that I uh, am comparing the two, but it's not as bad as it sounds to someone like you from the East Coast. What's the coldest place on earth you've been to? <clears throat> Probably uh, Anchorage, Alaska. That what was. What does that feel like? It's just like it bites. It just bites. It like the air is like crystal, and it bites any piece of skin that is exposed. It's wild, but it was calm and it was relatively sunny, so it was actually beautiful. But it was like a cold that I've never felt before. I think it was minus forty, so it's really not that much different than the coldest I've felt. But it was something else. 
You know, I always wonder like the difference to minus 30 or minus 40. I think there comes a point in the temperature where it's like, it's all the same shit, right? Like, I think you're feeling the same bite. There's a temperature where you're like, there's no chance in hell I'm going outside, right? That's probably around like what, minus 25, I would say, whereas like, I, I don't think so. That's where it starts to get like, you're going to die if you stay out here for very long. <laughs> So just don't do it and you avoid it. But I think humidity is a big deal. If you go to like a, a more moist climate and you get minus 20, it'll eat your face off where if it's a little drier and, and the sun's shining and the wind's not blowing, minus 30 can be not that bad. So it's dependent. Very well. Uh, stay warm out there for sure. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down here on YouTube. We'll get to it later on again. The Leafs and Lightning from Scotiabank Arena. And that's where we'll start as we get over the boards. Returning to the scene of the crime from last May, the Tampa Bay Lightning go into Scotiabank Arena. They walk out with a Game 7 victory and yet another first-round exit for your beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. The second meeting of the season, if you do recall, Rosie, about 17 days ago to be precise, a 4-3 Tampa victory in OT. Alex Kalorn, the winner. What do you make of this, uh, this matchup tonight? It's big. Uh, the timing of it right now is big i feel like it is the biggest game of the year thus far that actually doesn't really mean anything more than two points but subconsciously and for a team morale perspective it is huge um i wish they were still on that heater but they have cooled a little bit dropping two in a row in regulation so that's kind of a big deal and they're facing their current nemesis you could call it and it's a big measuring stick right now. Where are they right now? Um, are they the team? Because for months now, two for a month and a half, I've been saying that these guys are much different. Um, everything has changed from last year. Their goaltending, their defensive buy-in. And it has, but this is kind of a little measuring stick right now. And it's coming at the time where they have a little bit of fragility for the first time since October. And they're not feeling as confident as they could. So it's it's a big game. And I, I think that uh, the Leafs could really show their character and, and what they've got this year by making a statement here tonight against this Tampa Bay Lightning team. I could not agree more. Um, I think it's a response game. We need to see a response from this team. Back-to-back -back losses. You play the New York Rangers. You play the Washington Capitals. I didn't think they were particularly good in the first and third period against the Caps on Saturday. So what do you have? What do you have in you? What's your response going to look like? I think it, it, over and above that is the fact that you look at the standings, and granted, it's the standings in mid-December, but three points separating the Leafs and Lightning in the standings for second in the Atlantic Division and Tampa has two games in hand. So you have to find a way to return serve tonight. I know Tampa did that a couple of weeks ago and walk out with the two points. I just think from a team morale point of view, you don't want to start a tailspin. And this is how it precisely starts, no? Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm my worry is that this team and all the great hockey they've played lately, um, you know, has a few defensive blunders, has an average mediocre type game from their goaltender, and their big boys are kind of spinning their wheels, all trying to get on the scoreboard and are kept to the perimeter and are spinning their wheels a little bit and getting a little bit frustrated and they have one of those Maple Leaf games that I think they have done in the past and thankfully we haven't seen it in a long time but it is a statement game where they need to say you know what 
I don't give a shit who we're playing. I don't care what happened last week. We're getting on the board first. We're going to come out strong because we're ready. Um, we're going to have all our guns firing. We're going to be offensive. We're going to shut them down. We're going to frustrate them. And our goalie is going to stand on their head. We're going to take two points and say, how do you fucking like that? Let's keep going with this season. That would be ideal. Um, there's, a, there's a lot going on that could make it go the other way, specifically the, the two games they've just lost. Both Tendies have not had their best performance their last, uh, their last game. And... You know, offensively, they weren't really taking control of the last two games. So it's an interesting game. It's one I'm going to be fired up for from the very drop of the puck. I'm going to see how they're responding. And again, I think they know that. And I think that it's going to be tough to bring their best. But if they are a good team, I think they'll be able to manage it and, and come out with at least a really hot start and be really competitive and let the chips fall where they may after that. But as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot, um, I think they give themselves a chance to, to have a good game against their like I call it, their their nemesis right now. Well, every team is their nemesis because they lose to everybody in the playoffs. Montreal, Columbus, Boston, the list goes on. So every team's Ooh. their nemesis. But uh, your projected goalie matchup for this game, Matt Murray in the starters crease at the morning skate. So as we expected, I think uh, they flip-flop back and forth, which I think is the right play. It's going to be Murray against Mariano Vera himself. Um, Andre Vasilevsky, Tampa's won five games in a row. And when this guy's cooking, Rosie... He is the scariest net miner in the NHL for my money. Yeah, he is becoming um, that guy that's uh, rising to the top. You know, the cream rises and he seems pretty creamy lately, man. He's he's going to be tough. And <laughs> Wait, say that again? He, he could be, his creaminess could be the, the thing that, that dictates this game, you know, and uh, I worry about that a little bit, but at the end of the day, this is kind of like a personal vendetta. It's kind of a, a feel yeah. game as far as it'd be nice for morale. It is just two points. If they don't win tonight, this guy's still not falling. Like, every, like this doesn't have to be that game, but it just automatically is going to because of the following and the the sports that we love and the, the inside storylines. It is a thing right now, and it's not stacking up in the Toronto Maple Leafs' favor, as I, as I said with... You know, them not being on that tear right now, them being on a little bit of a cooler, and then they're running into this goddamn team that has, you know, been their nightmare last year, and they're firing on all cylinders and have a really, really hot goalie and, and lots of offense, and and they're really, really, really well coached. So it's a difficult game, but I really want the uh, the Leafs to prove their prove their worth and their character and what they've learned over the month and a half by getting it out of that second gear, pinning it and fucking putting this team down tonight and showing that they are a new team that, that has the ability to win on command. Meantime, your boy, Callie Yarncroak, he is your boy, missed seven games with a groin injury, expected to return. And how about this for a plum assignment, taking over for another one of your boys who will get to a mere moments, Denison, who's now a member of the Colorado Avalanche. Yarncroak Tavares Marner, who is the best option in your opinion, Rosie, to play with 91 and 16? Because they've tried pretty much everybody at this point. Is is Zach Aston Reese next? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't put anything past him. I mean, I've just stopped thinking of what the lines are because they're different all the time. I, I like Nylander playing with Tavares. I think they had uh, quite a bit of chem going on there at the beginning of the season. But again, when you put Marner with him, is that a bad option? Let's be honest. And and Yarn Croak, you kind of need that uh, that third option to kind of be the guy that gets in the puck, that that works and grinds and gets in there first on the four check, and you know creates a little bit of distance, drives the net, gives those guys some space. Um, so I don't mind the uh, I don't mind the play at all. And again, it's these lines are kind of 
a never ending revolving door of players, yeah. but um, you know, you got bunting back up there with Matthews and uh, they like to play together a little bit. Normally it's Marner up there, but honestly with these guys, skill set, I think I could play with them and they'd, they'd have a chance to do well. All you got to do is uh, create some room out there and, and get them the puck. So it's nice to slide him in there. He's going to have a, a presence right off the bat and hopefully he's not too rusty and he can just jump into the fray and, and be effective off the bat. Now, as you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Is this Sheldon Keefe signaling to the brain trust and management to say, get me a fucking winger, a top six winger? Because they've literally tried everybody in this position in just like the last three weeks alone. I think Yardcroak got a sniff before he got injured, but it's quite definitive in my clear that they're looking for somebody to be a mainstay. And that's been a story for the last couple of years. Like in a perfect world, it's Alex Kerfoot, but he's just way too inconsistent, right? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that before. I, we wanted one of those guys that Kerfoot and, and Engvall to step up and be the dude this year. Like, uh, that can be that that rock-solid, guaranteed spot on the second line. The same way, you know, Mike Michael Bunting has kind of solidified himself as that mainstay guy on the top two lines who can pay, play with those big boys and and put up the numbers and finish the plays and, and really elevate his game to the level where you're right there on a line with with some of those uh, some of those star players, and he's done that, but unfortunately, Kerfoot and Engvall haven't. Uh, we've been waiting for them to step up. Engvall, I don't think, has been really even close, um, especially early on in the season. And Kerfoot, I I kind of had my thoughts that he was going to kind of step up and do it. And now he's tailed off as well. So uh, maybe that is something that keeps trying to do. I mean whether you're signaling to the management or not, I don't think you need to do a subliminal message. They're sitting there having meetings every single day. I think they're very aware that they would love to have, you know, a top six stud sitting there and on the top two lines. And right now they're just trying to keep uh, plugging holes and seeing if, if lightning catches and, and someone gets uh, some chemistry going on those top two lines. Cause you know, with the firepower they have offensively, you get a guy there that can get some chemistry going and holy shit they you know, one line can win games for you right now with the, with the rest of those boys and what they can offer. Well, that's exactly it. I think a lot can change clearly in the next couple of months leading into the trade deadline. But to me, it's, it's become almost profound that I think the aim, the focus could be on getting that top six guy. If it's not Ryan O'Reilly, if it's not Horvat, like somebody along those lines who can play in your middle six, if that makes sense, but has the ability to be a top six fixture. And again, they've been after this type of guy for many, many years and they don't grow on trees. And like Tyler Bertuzzi is another prime example of a guy they've been after in recent memory, just hasn't worked out in terms of trying to manufacture a trade. But to me, it's become clear on that front that They've given so many guys a look. It's more like, yeah, we we can't figure out the proper guy to to fit in this top six. So at the very least, it's going to be interesting to monitor that. And and I'm looking forward to Yarncroke's return, right? Like they gave him a pretty significant contract in the offseason, multi-year deal. I think the early returns, like he's been pretty much as advertised, but I want a bit more offensively. And 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 that's why I wonder with this positioning in the lineup, can he give that to this Maple Leafs team? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Yeah, it's what you always want when you sign a guy. I mean, is Yarn Kelly Yarn Crook a superstar? No, he's not. Would you like him to play way above his contract and have a career year? Of course, everyone wants that to happen. And you always sign guys like that with the hopes that they, you know, exceed expectations and, and play out of their weight class. And it happens sometimes. It definitely does. Um, is it easy to come into Toronto and and have the media and the big splash and and then to to step up and be above expectations? No, it's not. Is it easier to do that in Florida when no one's paying attention? Yes, it definitely is. But I mean, how often does, you know, a guy like Kelly Arncroke return to the lineup and the whole morning of the biggest hockey hub in the world is just talking about it and anticipating it and what will happen and what is with the lines and that guy's got to get off the ice and there's 50 reporters around his stall. How do you feel? Are you ready? You're playing with these guys. Do you think you're up for it? And then he's got to go take his pregame nap and think about that and wait for the game and wait for the game. It's fucking hard, right? It's hard. You can't just snap your fingers and be like, oh, I'm going to go be, you know, play as a $8 million guy when I'm when I'm not. And I never have been. It's, it's difficult. And if we could go grab Ryan O'Reilly and chuck him in there, great. But why don't they consistently? Because it's freaking next to impossible when you have cap restraints, you have contract restraints. Um, teams aren't willing to deal those guys easily. They want the world for the guy. And you're saying, dude, you're, I'm not going to give you all of the, that. I'm not going to give you our whole future for this one guy that may or may not work out so they don't make a deal. It's just so hard to make it happen. And, you know, to the point of the season they've had so far, they have been able to play some really good hockey, put a ton of points on the board and and kind of solidify a bit of an identity, especially on the defensive end, which they've been lacking. And, you know, they've been doing it while juggling lines and not having a guy catch fire and, and solidify himself. So, again, it's not even Christmas yet. And that could happen tonight for all we know with Yarn Croak. But all you can do is keep trying to find the magic. And it's nice that they have enough guys that they continue to try this, right? That You could have like nobody that could have a chance in hell at playing with Marner and Tavar. But you have multiple guys that can and have and have had success. You're just fingers crossed. You catch that. You catch that fire where it's a guaranteed thing, and you have this wonderful top six. 
The chat is hotter than your takes today, by the way. Tim writes in, uh, going to be a 3-1 game tonight. Empty net goal by John Tavares. Statement game by Matt Murray. So you heard it here first. Sean writes in, nice. good morning from way up north. Timmins, Ontario. You talk about cold places. Timmins, Ontario, Rosie. Home of Shania, baby. <laughs> You're all over that. Meantime, uh, Evgeny Malkin, I love to call him, but it's Gino Malkin. Dennis Malkin. Gets traded to the Colorado Avalanche yesterday, so the Leafs make a move. By the way, there is a roster freeze in effect, effective uh, midnight Eastern time uh, today. So it goes until the 28th, so the Leafs can't make any transactions waiver-wise or trade-wise. They sneak one in. They pick up Dryden Hunt from the uh, Colorado Avalanche, who I believe was on waivers a couple years ago. But I do think the writing has been on the wall for Dennis Morgan, and this move makes a lot of sense, specifically with Cal Yarncrow coming back. What did you make of it? Yeah, I didn't make much of it. I mean, I didn't dissect it too hard, but I mean, you're it's not a blockbuster by any means. You're kind of given one for the other. Look at their numbers. They're very, very similar. Um, it's just kind of a nothing. It's something that I'm not going to think about a whole lot, but when you get into the numbers the way you do and and dissect some things and get in the background, you tell me what you think about it. Well, look at the numbers right there. Two goals in 28 games for Jaden Hunt, two and 23 for Dennis Malgin. I, I think they tried their best with Malgin 2.0. I think it's it's pretty clear that if he wasn't going to be in the top six, he wasn't going to have a place in this lineup. They tried him in the bottom six. I think where you look at Dryden Hunt, he's more of your prototypical bottom six shift disturber, if you will. A guy who can crash and bang. And I do think he's an upgrade over like a Wayne Simmons or like a Kyle Clifford. I think he's got a bit more of an offensive upside and he's more of a modern day type, you know, grinder, if you will. So it makes sense. I know the verbiage echoed that, um, you know, after them talking about the trade is that, yeah, we, we just want to jumble things up in terms of the bottom six a bit more and player personnel. And I get it. And I, I think down the road too, you know, provided maybe Hunt doesn't work out in Toronto, it opens up a roster spot, right? Because they're at 50 contracts. And certainly as you get closer and closer to the deadline, you add in the factor of potentially having to make a move with, you know, uh, draft picks involved or just a draft pick going the other way and picking up a player. So I actually think it, it gives Kyle Dubas a bit more flexibility. Yeah, the thing that rings to me is... Uh you know, that modern day grinder type of thing where you we are designed for the fourth line. Um, I think it's, or the bottom six anyways, I think it's always, you know, really tough when you get a Dennis Malgan who in junior or whatever was like, was a small speedy score, but hey, we need you to play this role in the NHL and it's not really your forte, but you're kind of pigeonholed into doing it because what are you going to do? Take Nylander's spot or take Tavares? Like, let's be honest, right? You're not going to be up there, Dennis Malgan. So we need a guy who's more, suited for that style of play need a guy that can get it deep and go bang and crash a little bit cause some shit when when the wheels are spinning up on the top six and and play that kind of a grinder role where you're being physical and you're changing you know the intensity of the game at times and you can get out there when the team needs a bit of a bump up shift and uh keep the momentum going so if he's able to do that um, then I think it will be an upgrade just of style of play and we don't need those guys scoring. 12 15 goals a year it's great when they do but it's not necessary they build a team based on needs at certain times in the games and if he wants to go play on that third fourth line and and actually create some some energy then i think that would be an upgrade it just shows you to put zero little to no stock in in, in the preseason like it's only like a month and a half ago dennis malgan is lighting, lighting the world on fire he's one of toronto's top point getters in the preseason and lo and behold 
30 games in, yeah, fucking see you later. You're off to Colorado. Do you think they gave up too early on Malgin, or is is he what he is at this point in his career? No, I mean, you play him in the preseason, and you're playing against – it's it's not an NHL game. You're not in the NHL. If you play in the preseason, you're not playing in the NHL. It's just simple as that. Why? Because it's not as good. you got junior goalies playing. you got all kinds of shit happening. It's not an NHL regular season game. And it doesn't count. So I don't really, that's why there's no stock put into that. I mean, it's nice when guys play well, but I just think that, you know, he wasn't going to do it in the role that we needed to do it. He, he's yeah, like, I just touched on that, that energy line, that grinder, that hitting, that crashing, that, that banging and being an energy force out there. He's not able to do it. He, he wants to play you know, a different role. That's what he's suited for. That's what he's always done. So to try to expect him to be something he's not, get rid of him. Someone else can maybe use him on their third line. That's what they're looking for. And then we get this guy who can maybe fill a hole for us in something that we're lacking because we don't have a lot of that with Clifford and and Simmons out of the lineup, like you said. Yeah, pretty much that's that's my assessment too. Like I, I didn't really... I didn't really. I, w- I really wasn't taken back when I saw Malgin was traded. I think the writing has been in the wall, and I think if you're in the top six and you're not producing, then you're not going to be in the top six very long. And that's why I think it, there's been a revolving door, as mentioned in the previous segment. There's been a revolving door of looks in that top six. Uh, you know, aside from those five guys who seem to be core pieces there in the top six, and there's reasoning for that. I think if you're Dennis Malgin, you were brought in to produce and get points and you know, you know, create opportunities and he hasn't done that consistently, right? Like he's had opportunities, had opportunities. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, like anybody who gets to play with those type of players, I think you better produce or you're going to be out of a job pretty quickly. And that's essentially what happened. And then conversely, you look at Colorado, they're really, really dinged up right now and they can really utilize a guy like Malgin in their lineup. They're really, really struggling to score goals right now with all the injuries, specifically to Nathan McKinnon. So you plug a guy like that in, I thought it made sense to take a flyer on Dryden Hunt. Uh, do I think he's a guy who's going to stick all season long? Very unlikely if I had to handicap things right now, but at the very least, give him a look and see what he has, right? Yeah, and I think that was probably the the talk with both GMs. Like, hey, this guy for that guy, what do you need? What are you looking for? Well, we could use this. And then, you know, a couple guys are on the table with this and that. And then all of a sudden, hey, what about just straight up, you know, these two and it's like yeah i'm not really using this right now and they say the same thing and it's like they could be an upgrade potentially and if not it's not a huge deal and we can make this swap because it makes sense for both sides yeah let's do it shake hands send the paperwork get them on an airplane see how it works so it's kind of what i think it is it's it's not a world beater by any means it's not a huge difference maker but there's a chance that you're you're uh you're filling a gap and and kind of making a bridge over something that you needed and and it could work out in your favor for both teams. So just kind of one of those trades that, uh, yeah, makes sense to both of us. Let's get it done. Sean writes in, uh, once again, any chance the Leafs bring JVR back? I wondered about this actually the other day in trying to get JVR on this show. He's having a contract year uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers, played particularly well. I know broke his finger early on in the season. He's back in the mix, and without question, the Flyers will be sellers leading up to the deadline. But the biggest issue here is that nobody in this league has money and the Leafs are probably atop that list in terms of cap flexibility. So creativity is going to be the name of the game. But I do think in a perfect world, like JVR would make a lot of sense. Um, Obviously, Ryan O'Reilly, Bo Horvat, like list your player. I think anybody would make sense in this type of setting in that top six. But 
it's hard to do. And, and that's why Brandon Pridham should be praised on a daily basis, the resident capologist for this Maple Leafs team, because it's easier said than done when it's pretty much money in and money out. Like if you're adding a contract like that, then who are you deleting off, off the roster? Like ultimately, I look at an Alex Kerfoot. It just gets really, really difficult to do is what I'm saying, Rosie. Yeah, it does. And is anyone trading you Bo Horvat for Alex Kerfoot? Like, no, they're not. No. And, no. you know, you're going to throw in, you know, you need more money too. You need to free up more money because those guys aren't cheap and they're not $1.5 yeah. million dollars where you can just shuffle some shit around. That's why it's probably not going to happen. I'm not holding my breath for yeah. anyone of substance to come onto this roster and say they do free up some money somehow with some LTIR stuff or mixing some stuff yeah. around, you're going to have to still give up like some draft picks and some future things um, to get a high quality player that's going to make a difference. And then say it doesn't work out, the chemistry's off, or there's a reason they gave him up and it comes to fruition yeah. when he's on your roster. And, and then all of a sudden you gave up these draft picks and then next summer we lose a whole bunch of guys and we don't sign who we think we did and we didn't get anyone at the trade deadline because we're making a go of it. And then all of a sudden we're sitting there with your dick in your hand going, well, you really fucked us on that one just trying to get, you know, a JVR yeah. or Ryan O'Reilly. And, you know, we were just fine. We set records in the in the franchise for wins and points and all that stuff we were doing yeah. just fine and then you just desperately make some unload move to try to get some guy and you sell the half the farm and like it just doesn't work out there, there's no way they're going to pull a trigger like that unless it's just a sweet sweet deal that makes all the sense in the world and you're usually not going to take advantage of another gm like that and that opportunity is just not going to come up so I'm not holding my breath for a big trade. Would it be nice to fill some holes in our lineup and and get some things that we think we need? Yeah, but everyone wants to do that. And in this day and age, it's just so hard to do that I, I just don't see, I don't see who you're going to move out that's going to make any sense to us and make sense to another another franchise. It just, I, I, I just don't see how that's going to work. But stranger things have happened. It would be nice. I just don't see a work in the, a works in the deal that's going to be, uh, that's going to make sense for anybody. Of course, a recent example of blowing your load at the trade deadline, uh, for lack of a better term, is the Florida Panthers, man. Just go look at some of the trades they made last year, and they're about to take it, man. Like, it's 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 a tough, tough look. And granted, we're 30 games into the season, but even the Sherratt transaction, it's not looking good. And, you know, another prime example a couple of years back is the Columbus Blue Jackets. There has to be that fine line. And I think along those lines, too, is like you look at recent winners, they really haven't made that pendulum swinging move at the deadline more times than not. The core that's been there is the core that wins the Stanley Cup. But there's always that subtle move you can make. Uh, so very, very curious to see what happens over the next couple of months with this Leafs team. We'll see over the next little while if Dryden Hunt at some point in time makes his Maple Leafs debut. Obviously, probably in a fourth line, maybe a third line look. But I think it's likely fourth line. Having said that, by the way, Hunt, at bits and pieces in time, has been elevated up the lineup. I'm sure he'll get a look with those guys because everybody's getting a look with those guys, but I digress. Hmm. Uh, the wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. It's unfortunate, Rosie. Alex Ovechkin has let me down twice now. Back on Saturday when I was all over the shot prop, I was all over the anytime goal, and they both missed, and they both missed again last night. I actually think they took a shot away from Ovechkin last night. I was watching the game. I saw like five shots on goal. I look uh, to go collect my money, and next thing you know, they had him down as three shots. So uh, the conspiracy is in. Fix it. <laughs> you, got, you got fucked, did you? I yeah, don't know. It's, yeah. it's tough when guys are trying to... Uh, when everyone's waiting for you to do that special thing to break a record and the guy's family is 
following you around the whole goddamn schedule and then you're just all of a sudden it's pretty easy to start doing you know too much and it like reminds me of aaron judge this year trying to break the record and you know the family's falling around every goddamn ballpark for a week and a half and he can't hit a dinger it's kind of the same with ovi right now but uh you know it's hard not to put your um your faith and your money in a guy who's as good as him but i do notice that happens sometimes you're waiting for that one last you know fall over the finish line to break a record and it just doesn't happen and all of a sudden you start trying a little too hard maybe yeah the Howes are a different family but that's exactly what i felt like roger maris's kid was getting so much publicity and everybody's like shut the fuck up man like let, let's just get this over with and move on uh but i do want to yeah. see the house and and obviously they're gonna they're gonna follow this and track this and maybe it happens for ov coming up on thursday in the nation's capital against the ottawa senators but my play today rosie I would like over three and a half shots on goal for William Nylander, looking at plus money, plus 120. He has 38 shots on goal over the past eight games. He's cleared three and a half and seven of eight. And on December 3rd in Tampa, he had six shots on goal. Nylander is having an unbelievable season, so I'm going to ride a shot prop tonight. How do you feel about that? Yeah, just hearing the stats on how often he does it, it's like, why the hell not? And again, those are those things that fly under the radar a lot that uh, they can go missed with the algorithms and the the powers that be in Vegas. So um, just, and it's plus money too. Like it should be based on how often he's doing it. It should be more likely than not that he does it. And it should be around that even money or or maybe a little bit minus, but you know, plus 120, you're getting, you know, $120 if you bet a hundred on something that he's been doing you know, what is that 80, 85% of the time? So fuck, I can't, can't follow you in that, but lo and behold, he'll probably get three tonight. (laughs) Don't even manifest that shit. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Don't manifest that shit with me. It is happening tonight. I'm getting back on track with Willie Nylander. So, uh, that's it for the show today. Again, Leafs and Lightning from Scotiabank, or yeah, Leafs and Lightning from Scotiabank Arena. Should mention coming up tomorrow on the show, excited to have Tim McAuliffe, the host of Tim and Friends on Sportsnet. Uh, to get his thoughts, his feelings um, on, on this Maple Leafs team. Again, it's Christmas time, feeling good about this team, and they've been uh, a mighty power over the last uh, six weeks or so. So the, a big-time measuring stick game tonight for sure, Rosie. Yeah, and it's, I'm excited to have a big game right now. This is uh, They've yeah. been on a little tear, and they've been quietly winning all the time, and there's not a whole lot to talk about. There's not a lot of pressure. Things have been going well. Now it's like Leafs, Bolts in Toronto. You just dropped two. Your tendies aren't exactly firing, but you've been absolutely lights out for a month and a half. You got these boys now, and you fucking hate them, I imagine. Let's see what happens. I'm really pumped for the game tonight. Looking forward to it as well. And again, we'll have a full recap coming up tomorrow. Many thanks to uh, Sean and Tim and others in the chat for keeping it hot today. Have a great day. Happy holidays. For Jay Rosehill, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. We'll talk tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.